Welcome, everyone, to episode two of The Mentor's Voice. I'm Chris Borman with Mark Kentum, here with Christy Kramer from Leading Age. Hey, Chris. I am really excited for this episode. We have two incredible women who you'll get to meet on this episode. The first is our student interviewer, Molly Wiley. She's a gerontology uh, doctorate student at the University of Massachusetts, Boston. And we also had the privilege of having her as our intern last summer at Leading Age. She is really great. I'm with you on this. Both of them uh, in this episode, you can hear their passion for the uh, the field of aging. And it is awesome to just hear this conversation that these two incredible women have together. So we are definitely going to have Molly back as an interviewer again. And this is her first time um, doing this with a podcast but I think she's a natural. I think she does a pretty fantastic job. She does. And our mentor that's uh, being interviewed today by Molly is Kelly Papa. And Kelly is just Ooh. one of those people. I know, Chris, you have to give her a round of applause. Kelly is just one of those people who just warms my heart whenever I, I interact with her. She is the Vice President of Strategy and Community Life at Duncaster in Connecticut. Uh, so she is just an incredible person. She's a nurse. Uh, she also has got an incredible heart for teaching and leadership, and you're going to learn so much from Kelly today, and I know you're going to hear her passion, and you're going to feel that warmth that she exudes to everyone. Yeah, so one of my favorite parts about this episode is the reoccurring bummer of an ex-boyfriend story that actually helps to shape her journey in understanding and elevating the perspective on nursing in the care for aging. So really fun and also really energetic and is able to help us in some really cool ways understand there's a shift in regards to these terms that we use, whether it's continued care or life plan. Kelly just does an awesome job of sharing her story, making it real, making it relevant to people that are getting to know um, this world. So someone like Molly, who's new to the world of aging, you know, providing this care, uh, Kelly just does a fantastic job of sharing that. Yes. And one of the quotes that I picked up on that she said is something that I, I feel as well, which is that when you're in it, you love it so much. So when you're in aging services, you really do love and have so much passion for the work that you're doing and you just want to share it. And uh, I totally understand what Kelly is saying. And you can hear that she can't wait to be that person who's sharing this incredible field with students and young professionals. So listen up. You're going to hear about the orange analogy. You're going to hear about the Leadership Academy. And we hope that all of you, everyone, everywhere, please enjoy the Mentor's Voice episode two featuring Kelly Papa. I'm Molly. Um, I'm a rising third year PhD student at UMass Boston in the gerontology department. Um, so older adults is sort of the, the common thread, but we all study a lot of different things. Uh, my main interests are around home care. So how older adults respond psychologically to home care, how family members are choosing professional services, um, and then workforce issues uh, generally with direct care workers. Um, so this podcast is mostly for students and young professionals. They might be studying, you know, they might be in nursing, they might be 
healthcare administration, nursing home administration. They might be, uh, you know, studying research like myself. So it'll probably reach a whole wide variety of people. Um, But I would love to know more about you and your job. So if you could first tell us a little bit about Duncaster and what a life plan community is and what life care offers older adults. I personally don't know that much about it. Sure. Sure. So um, they used to call it continuing care retirement community, and now we use the term life plan to help symbolically um, our older adults and their children understand that this is a a decision you make for the next chapter. Um, And once you've made that decision, then you can go have fun and think about other things because you know that the care and services needs that you may have or may not have, so almost like an insurance plan, um, exists within the continuum, right, within the, the scope. So we have at Duncaster, we have um, about just over 200 residents that live independently in their apartments. Um, some are couples and some are sing- singles. And, um, and then we have a- about 40 um, residents that live in our assisted living. So we have a social assisted living. So um, they just need support, you know, waking up or, or uh, maybe maybe taking a shower, things like that. Um, and then we have a memory care assisted living as well called Dogwood and, um, and a, a skilled nursing um, uh, building with um, 60 um, uh, private bedrooms in there, so, um, which is really nice, especially during this crazy time of COVID. So um, our residents would then, as if their needs change, um, we have kind of a service to always get in there and support them so they can stay in their apartments for as long as possible. So it's kind of that home care model because this is their home, you know, and, and um, there's like a robust sense of humanities and learning and arts and music and poetry and woodworking and you name it. There's so, so many just different variety of things to, to happen, um, all obviously been tested through COVID. But um, my job, I'm a nurse by background. I'm a clinical nurse specialist, and um, I, I, love, I love working with older adults and always have. So um, my title here at Duncaster is Vice President of Strategy and Community Life which is a mouthful and fits, you know, kind of, they had to abbreviate it on the name (laughs) tag. But um, it, to me, what it means is I am so, um, I get to to work on everything and everywhere, right? So I get to support resident services and dining and wellness. And um, through that, I get to meet everybody, you know, throughout our continuum. And so um, by supporting those areas of our continuum, um, I get to learn what matters most to the residents. So then as we think about strategies, um, I'm coming from my center of nursing, my center of community life, and what's important here, the values of our organization, as we figure out what might be the next um, chapter for us. So that's, that's a little that's bit about Great. Yeah, it sounds like you are very- Connecticut, beautiful, Bloomfield, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. So I was building um, 30, 35 years old. So, yeah. And I know in research too, I always say there's no better way to inform research than to live the topic yourself. So that's really nice. And I think you already touched on this, but um, what would you say inspires you most about what you do at Duncaster? Honestly, it's the people I meet. Like I can meet, I, I meet people from all over the world, you know, and who've lived these lives 80, 90, 100 years. And then I get to be a part of their life, you know? And so, especially during this time of pandemic, and I remember years ago on 9-11, you know, as a young director of nursing, I was like, everybody was crying in 
this one resident, this male resident, he came over and he put his arm around me and he said, honey, I lived through a world war and a couple other wars, we'll be fine. And I was like, that's true, right? It's all perspective. That's so true. And so to be with the older adults now during a pandemic and to see what it is that they're using for coping mechanisms and things, like, it is always about getting to be with somebody who's, who's sage. I mean, just the wisdom, you know, that, that, you know, being a, uh, getting married, I, I went to the nursing home where I was director of nursing on my wedding day in 2002 and, um, brought my bridal party and my new husband and, um, the residents made confetti out of, out of like hole punchers and they were so excited. And even some of the most confused, Residents knew exactly what to say, you know, um, congratulations, beautiful job, you know, those pieces and the integration of like then have being pregnant at work and hearing even somebody with Alzheimer's and um, I shouldn't say it like that, even a person living with Alzheimer's, um, just to just know that this is, they want to give you advice and hear stories and I just, I soak all of it in. There's nowhere else I'd want to be. Um, I couldn't imagine. So, yeah, it sounds like the right job for you. Absolutely. That's <laughs> Thank you. So I know you mentioned you're a nurse by trade, um, but you've had a few different job titles throughout your career, including director of education and consulting and corporate director of learning. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about your path from nursing to these roles to your current role? How did you get where you are now? Sure. So I, um, in nursing school, I went to St. Anne's. Anselm College in New Hampshire for my undergrad, and um, I loved my nursing home rotation. And I think, I think it's fun. It's funny because, like, shortly after coming out of nursing school and, and starting to work in nursing homes, I had a boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, who we went to a party, and he introduced me to his coworkers as, "This is Kelly. You know, she's a nurse in nursing homes." You know, oh, isn't that cute? You know, she's smart though. She could be a cardiac nurse or something, but she's she's kind. Like like putting me down in this way and I obviously ex-boyfriend um but (laughs) it's such like a low man on the nursing totem pole yet when you know the intricacies of all of the things that we're responsible for and the quality of life needs and goals for people and that it's every day and the heartache when somebody passes away I'll never get over that like that is always really rare real for me so my um i come from a family of teachers and educators and so when my mom when i told my mom i want to go to nursing school she's like no you don't want to go to nursing school you want to be a teacher and she, she like cried she was so worried about bedpan and i'm like oh it's fine i can do that that doesn't bother me but eventually i couldn't deny my nursing um i'm sorry my my teacher genes that were just in my mm-hmm. body and so as a charge nurse of, you know, I, I had a community of unit at the time we called it that of 45 residents and my six nursing assistants and me. And um, I was always teaching <laughs> just like I couldn't help myself. Right. And so they gave me the staff development job that I just loved. And I realized my ability to ensure the type of care that I want our residents to receive and that we're entrusted to give them is through education and the confidence and competence of our staff and the comfort that they have in doing it and knowing that there's resources there. And so um, from from that, you know, I, I looked for tools everywhere. I'm like, well, well, somebody must have, like, there's a nursing home up the road. They must have given a diabetes in service. Why do I have to recreate it? And so I realized there were no resources out there for long-term care nurses mm-hmm. education. And so I just started writing stuff. And 
one day I bought something on, on MDSs or something from a, a healthcare publisher, and I reached out and I said, would you publish anything for long-term care? Would you publish education for long-term care? And they said, sure, submit. What do you have? I'm like, I don't know how to submit a manuscript. Like, and I did. And oh. it was like this huge risk. You know, and they sent me this contract, and I had never done, like, and I didn't know, and they changed my title, which made me mad, <laughs> but then I'm like, it, my title book was supposed to be the heart of staff development, you know, and, or, yeah, the heart of staff development uh, in long-term care, and they wanted to call it um, In-Servicing Director's Guide. <laughs> I like yours enough. And I remember saying to my mom, yeah, like, like bleh, you know, and I remember saying, you either play the game or you don't. You know, I can either hold tight and publish it on my own. I don't know how to publish books and sell them. Like, or I can use this as a vehicle to do what it is that I do best. And so since then, I've published about seven, eight books wow. um, with that company. Okay, so and, we, um, we can find writing. these books where all books are sold. <laughs> where all books are sold. And, and it's all always about education. My one that they was on leadership development, which is so near and dear to my heart. And um, the, the education roles just came naturally after that. You know, I was asked to open up uh, what was called Masonicare University in my prior role. And, and that work was to build and strengthen education throughout a huge continuum, a large health system um, in, in aging services. And um, it was fun. I mean, the people you meet, the learning needs are endless. And that, you know, really jazzes me up. So. I definitely come from the center of nursing and education and tender with people, but tough on standards. You know, there's a balance there. You can, the education, educator part of my head knows to, you know, did you know that information? Were you comfortable with it? But the tough part of my head says, look, what brings us together are policies and procedures, and we must all learn enough to uphold them. And that's, you know, that's very clear for me in, in my brain. But um, yeah, so that's, that's me. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, you can't you can't take the teacher out of a girl, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we so people that are listening, they might not all be in nursing school. So what qualities or skills might a person want to cultivate to succeed in a role like yours, whether they're a nurse or not? Oh, curiosity. Honestly, I think, um, it, and it's all been tested right now through through COVID. Right, this need to be curious and ask questions. Like, just like that beautiful softball question you just asked. I really feel like someone in this role, a strategy role, a master planning role, has to be able to have one foot in the future, whether it's two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, and just envisioning it so clearly that you can paint a mental picture, but you have to have the other foot grounded in reality. So if I, um, if I wasn't able to ask questions, I wouldn't be able to bridge those two gaps. So they call it creative tension, like a rubber band, if you will. So um, where this finger represents the future and this finger represents like right here, right now. So I could very easily like, um, I, could, I could not create, and it creates tension, right? And we wanted to stay right here in the middle where we're constantly having two pictures in our head, one foot in the future, one foot in reality. Because if I was dreaming up, you know, we're going to paint everything purple or pink tomorrow, you know, then Kelly's like, she's got her head in the clouds. Like, she has no idea that this is our need right now. This is our need. Mm -hmm. so I have to be able to bring both these together. The more I keep my, my head in the future, mm -hmm. eventually my current reality shifts and moves to where we're most hopeful for it to go. But um, I think that ability to be in those two places creatively um, is – 
it's challenging, but through the questions. So um, honestly, I, I think it's just developing and asking the right questions and networking. Like like you said about Christy, like the people that we get to know through leading age across this country. I already sent two emails today out to different people in one in Pennsylvania and one in Arizona because they, you know, and they were COVID related questions, but the network of people that you get to come together um, is incredible under leading age. And so always have a network and um, don't be afraid to ask the questions. None of us have done a lot of this before, but there, if there is somebody who did it before, like learn from them, take it in and just, you know, sit with it and, um, and leverage their, um, their talents. Like I leverage the publishers, you know? So, yeah, um, exactly. I, oh, I agree with you. I'm in a summer intern with leading age and just the amount of projects I get to work on, the amount of people I get to talk to like you, you know, it's like students and young professionals will get to hear the podcast, but I get to sit here and talk one-on-one. So I feel very lucky. Um, so I know you mentioned COVID and everyone is wondering, um, how has, how has the pandemic changed your job? And speaking of looking into the future, how do you think it will change your job or aging services in general? Right. Um, oh, I don't, you know, I think it's kind of hard to look back on March. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody had sent me the recent New York Times article about the strike teams and I couldn't read it. Um, it. Everything was tested. And honestly, I don't think if I, if I didn't have the Leadership Academy experiences that I had and working on myself as a leader, I don't think, I would have been able to handle the things that we were able to handle. And I had so many resources, like thinking resources, ways to think about my own thinking, uh, ways to empower other people that I've, I've worked on, I've practiced to make sure that in a time of pressure, that's what comes out of me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've learned, I trust other people. And if I can set them up uh, with what the goal is, I trust that they can find a way to fulfill the goal. Um, and that's, that just becomes who I am. There's this analogy that I use in the Leadership Academy is this analogy of like an orange. Like if I had an orange and I squeezed it, like if I put pressure on that orange, out comes orange juice, right? Not lemon juice, not pineapple juice, not apple juice, because that which is inside of us mm-hmm. comes out under pressure. Mm-hmm. And so under pressure, if we are um, being dr- driven to, to um, feel stress about something, our true nature will come out, especially over prolonged periods, like the endurance that we needed during the past six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've noticed that a lot about me, that my core of nursing absolutely came out and informed so many of my decisions. We really um, immediately put in a priority of the four C's, which was to care, to contain, to communicate, and to have compassion. And so through that strategy to be able to make sure we were transferring that in everything that we did for all of our staff, but, um, and the education part too, so much, um, how valuable having staff feel comfortable, confident, and knowledgeable. Um, I, I think what I learned about myself and I, I, I know I have a journaling group right now with, with some of my leading age, um, fellow buddies. And, um, one of the things I'm learning, I knew I loved people who choose people that cho- choose to do this work, right? I knew that. I knew that. that's why I did education. I didn't realize how much I love them. And it's it, there's no other word for it. Like it it I want to make sure that um the 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 server in the kitchen, um the nurse, the CNA, the doctor, they have everything they need so they can feel comfortable and confident to take care of the residents. Um 
I just didn't realize how much physically I would worry about the people here and um, the staff and the residents. Uh, that that created a lot of you know personal personal stress and anxiety. So um, the learnings will still come. I always say I can't wait to see the movie on all of this. Yeah, right. <laughs> the textbook that comes out. <laughs> right. You know, Kelly, would you mind for people who don't know, uh, myself included, I don't know that well. Can you tell us a little more about the Leadership Academy? Absolutely. So the Leadership Academy is a year-long um, journey uh, for, they call it emerging leaders. And, you know, it's almost a little trickery in that word because the reality is we're all emerging, right, at any age after however many years of experience. So it's a transformational um, uh, leadership journey where really you start to look inward. You find ways to um, enhance your network, your capacity. We work on projects that really aim to change the world. And through that, the, you spend four, four sessions together. They're one-week sessions um, over the course of a year. And um, about my class was about 30 people. Now I think they have two classes each, about 22 people or something like that, um, simultaneously that, that go. And you're, you're in a group with people that are all different jobs, all different ages, all different uh, backgrounds and ethnicities and um, beliefs and years of experience and the conversations, the books we read together, just the tough stuff that you chew on, the inspirational learner uh, leaders that we get to spend time with. And um, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's definitely worth looking into. And then I did see just yesterday that they're putting out an um, intern program for next summer um, through Leading Age. So I'll have to get some more information about that where a college student, you may be working on this, a college student could come work in our building on a project and, and um, we pay them, but they, it's all part of um, this Leading Age ability to uh, get more people interested in our field. Yeah. I, um, the, the funny thing is, back to that bad boyfriend, right, who <laughs> nursing in long-term care, roles in long-term care, I think symbolically people don't really understand what it means at all just you know symbolically a little nursing home in the corner gets viewed as like by those of us by those people who don't have never visited there they create an assumption about what that means right but when you're in it you love it so much and I just want to share that with everybody like this is some of the coolest people you get to meet that changed Hartford you know and and you read their their biographies and you reason you hear the things that they did in their life and it's incredible you know and and I just think everybody would want to work in this field that you know caring for somebody affected by dementia um, is something that I also am passionate about and um, it's sad but it's also like you have to keep pushing through with the hope on that side. Um, so again, that's not for everybody, but, um, and the patience and, and rep repetitive nature of it isn't for everybody, but the people who can do it, I, I think, I read one of your questions about like what you thought the biggest disruptor yeah. in aging services would be. And it's a fabulous question. I sat with it all last night. Um, I think it's your generation. Good. I think it's technology and I think yeah. it's you. And I, I have no doubt that the creativity, the empathy, the interest will now meet up with a need. And that, that's this COVID disruptor, right? So, or not just COVID, that's the disruptor, is an interest from your generation to want to be a part of this, to want to use technology and bring it. Um, 
is what's going to, that'll be the next Uber for us. I, I think, I'm curious what other people are thinking. Like that's like a leadership academy question. And then you just hear what everybody's thinking and it's so like mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think like in the program that I'm in, it's a really self-selecting group because we've all, we've all chosen older adults. We haven't, you know, it's not that we've all chosen research or we've all chosen nursing. We've all chosen older adults. So it's, it's a pretty neat thing to be surrounding, surrounded by those people. And I'm sure you feel the same way, especially like the, how that back to the ex-boyfriend, <laughs> like there's, this, there's this dichotomy between nursing and long-term care nursing for some reason. Um, but for you, it's such a positive. It's like, you're surrounded by the people that really get it. So yeah. I think yeah. I feel the same way in my yeah. program. Yeah. Well, that, that is all I have, Kelly. Thank you so much for taking the time out of, I'm sure a very busy day and week and month and year to, to talk to me. <laughs> I know it could wrap up anytime now. <laughs> this year. I know, right? <laughs> so I've it, enjoyed your curiosity and your amazing questions. Thank you. I, I will continue to reflect journal on them. Um, they, those were amazing questions. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm sure, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that learn from this and are inspired by it. We need attitudes like yours, especially during COVID and in nursing homes. So Thank you so much. Leading Age, the trusted voice in aging, in partnership with Markentum, a marketing agency focused on the field of aging, is excited to present you with the mentor's voice. We believe that conversation between our field's mentors and the next generation of students and young professionals is vital for the ongoing success in the field of aging. Each episode of the Mentor's Voice podcast will feature a student or young professional interviewing a mentor. Through this conversation, the Mentor's Voice gives us all an opportunity to learn from each other, new and seasoned alike. What an awesome episode. Number two, wrapped. Molly Wiley interviewing the Mentor's Voice guest, Kelly Papa. So, such a good episode. It was Again, one of those episodes that just warms your heart. And I just love hearing Kelly. You can learn so much from her, Chris. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit now, Christy, what is happening in the leading age world? Well, we have an incredibly uh, exciting program that we're doing now. We've just launched something we called our Summer Enrichment Program. Uh, so if you're a student out there, check out our Aging Services Career Center on our Leading Age webpage. Uh, because we have recruited our members to start hosting interns in the summer of 2021. And it's not going to be just your typical old-fashioned internship program. We're working to really develop a learning community for our members as well as for the interns so that you have a cohort of uh, and a network of people that you can rely upon as you develop your career and go through your journey through aging services. Awesome. So be sure... To connect with Leading Age, we'll have links, uh, all the links that Christy is talking about. If you follow us on the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, you can connect to that program through those social platforms. And we just want to say thanks again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the Mentor's Voice. Be sure to follow us, subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend, tell all of your friends. (laughs) 